Welcome to the Weekend Entertainment Edition of the Literature and Film Podcast, a.k.a. The We Laugh. Our mission is to inform you of the latest entertainment choices for the weekend ahead, either at the cinema or streaming at home. And now, from a remote location on the East Coast, in the heart of Flying Bull Production Studios, your host, Richard Lusk and Ryan Bull. Laugh episode 162. It's a wee laugh for the July 15th weekend. I'm yeah. your host, Ryan Bull. Joining me across the room, as always, is Richard Lusk. How are you, sir? I'm peachy. We're halfway through summer now, starting to hit a little bit of a doldrums. Only two movies coming out this week, and one's coming out on a Wednesday. Oh, well, they could be big. I mean, this one of the movies is a prestige movie that if it were released in another time of year, people would be. Uh, thinking Oscar, right? It's got quite possibly, yeah, Oscar performances potentially, which is interesting, and I think we'll get into that. I mean, do you want to jump into it since it's the Wednesday movie? You're talking about the Infiltrator, yeah, I take it, and not uh, Ghostbusters. No, we'll talk about Ghostbusters in a minute. All right, so I, I don't know if that will have any. Well, maybe some Oscar nominations, but Infiltrator stars Brian Cranston, who was nominated for uh, Best Actor, Trumbo. For the, yeah, best supporting actor for Trumbo last year, right? Lead actor. Oh, was it lead actor? Yeah, couldn't Since he's playing Trumbo in a movie called Trumbo. He was also in the movie All the Way, which seems like a dance movie or something, but it's about Lyndon Baines Johnson's presidency. Oh, the HBO movie? <laughs> yeah, All the Way. So, Leguizamo's in this, John Leguizamo, and uh, Diane Kruger. Do you remember her as Bridget von Hammerschmark? In Inglorious Bastards. Oh, yeah. Fetching Diane Kruger. I fell for her when she played Helen of Troy in Troy. Uh, I am really interested in seeing this movie. I'm glad that I'll be able to see it on Wednesday, potentially. Yeah. I didn't know it was a Wednesday release. Right now, it's got 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's essentially the story of uh, federal agent Robert Mazur, or Mazur. I don't know. You know, one's fine. (laughs) <laughs> he goes undercover to infiltrate the trafficking network of Colombian drug kingpin Pablo Escobar. And uh, apparently Leguizamo and Kruger or some other agents, and then there's some nefarious stuff that goes on. Is Brian Cranston the king of the biopic? He's quickly becoming that way. Every other movie is a biopic for him, except yeah, for Godzilla. I'm not sure how much this is true to what actually happened and i think they're going to make this seem a lot more action-packed than it probably was uh my understanding is the way the government's gone after all these drug people and you know criminal criminal uh higher-ups is going after the money Mm -hmm. you know if you're making millions and millions of dollars you've got to put that money somewhere and there's going to be a paper trail and that's the way to take these people down i mean al capone famously uh was convicted of tax evasion that was the only thing they could nail him on. Yeah, the movie, ki- or I don't think it's a movie, but the book Killing Pablo talks about um, the the complicated way that they had to get around uh, finally taking him down. Yeah. It's not storming into a building and running up 15 flights of stairs. It's, it's probably very staid and boring. Yeah, looking through a lot of paperwork and documents. But, you know, this could be a very talky movie, but I think they're trying to make it more action-packed and... Uh, the trailer leads you to believe that, you know, well, these guys are always living on, you know, the 
uh, sharp edge of well, a th- lie. Think about the live podcast movie of the year last year. Uh, the uh, about the yes about the drug taking down the drug kingpin and how that was the perfect mixture for us of uh, procedure and action. Mm-hmm. And this movie has the potential for that. So the procedural parts, yeah, they, I mean, the stuff that might be the real part or the stuff that Brian Cranston might be better suited for, um, that could be just as compelling as the action if, it, if it's in the same line as uh, Sicario. Did the trailer, though, give you the sense that it was going to have a lot of procedure? I didn't get Which trailer? That. Infiltrator? Yeah. Yeah. How would I know? Okay. Well, <laughs> from watching them, I, I mean, I... I feel like this could be really good. There could be a lot of great character moments, but I think it'd be lacking on the procedure. And then just that would make the plot feel a little thin and we jump around. And my understanding is also this was a, a very long-term sting. And I think you're going to have trouble condensing that down into a two hour movie. Those are my fears going into it at least. All right. So you're a little trepidatious, but you probably will still go see it, right? I think we're going to review this for next week's show. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Unless yes, you yes, want to do Ghostbusters. That. No, I don't want to do <laughs> Ghostbusters. I don't even know if I want to see Ghostbusters. Convince me why I should. Kristen Wiig. Mm. Chris Gonna Helmsworth. Work, have to work a little bit harder than that. Well, you got your Melissa McCarthy, whom you just love and everything she does. Not really. I I have liked her more than I think you have. I can think off the top of my head of ten... Ten actresses that I would oh. rather see. I thought you were going to say ten Melissa McCarthy films. No, the last McCarthy film, The Boss, let me down. I didn't. I mean, I thought Tammy was sort of underrated, and I thought they were holding her to a different standard. I really liked Paul Feig's last movie, um, and maybe not his last movie, but the Spy thing with Melissa McCarthy. No, not Spy. Sorry, um, with Sandra Bullock. I, I the can't. Heat. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The Heat. Yeah, that's not his last movie. His last movie was Spy, movie which I actually, liked. I, I didn't mind Spy a whole lot. Yeah. That was probably the one that I liked Ms. Melissa McCarthy in the most. Uh, yeah, and he's directing Ghostbusters. This is coming 30 years after the original. Kristen Wiig is in it. Kate McKinnon and Leslie Jones. Chris Helmsworth is in it. Uh, the four women are all Saturday Night Live alumni. I don't know. So I think Kate McKinnon, she's most famous for playing Justin Bieber. Well, what, what, what's her phrase? McCarthy's not a SNL alumni. I was going to think. Was, okay. her name, what's her name? Jenny? Not Jenny McCarthy. Melissa. Melissa McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy's the one. I guess Melissa McCarthy autism. has hosted SNL. Maybe she's hosted it. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I don't think she was. A, yeah. I guess yeah, then my no, fact is wrong. Uh, Your fact is unfactual. Oh, there you go for trusting IMDb. Uh, Chris Holmesworth is in this too. Which one is he? Is he the. He's going to play the secretary. No, no, no. Compared to other like other movies that he's been in, is is he? He's Thor. Oh, so he's Thor. So he's the other guy is Liam Hensworth. Yes, they're he, brothers or something. Liam is uh, famous for being in the uh, Hunger Games films. That's probably where he's best known from. Okay, I guess I like Chris better. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I'm on Team Chris. Yeah, uh, this is you know just a. Uh, redoing of the original film they've done done a gender swap the second trailer looked a lot better than the original one i know the internet really hated the original trailer the first one that they put out apparently it set a record on youtube for most dislikes in like a 24-hour period yeah but that a lot of people were 
I think reacting to the fact that it was a Ghostbusters remake and it probably would have had that same. Well, the weird thing was that trailer came out. People hated it. Someone took that trailer, recut it, and everyone really liked that trailer. I don't know if everyone A, a lot of or, people liked it. Not it was, the same people that were downvoting. I know of one person. <laughs> you You're looking at him. Wow. I you really thought it was a bad trailer. Eh? I, I think these later trailers are fleshing out the movie, making it seem a lot funnier. The TV spots are making it seem more action-oriented. Uh, Melissa McCarthy is some sort of like fist cannon where she's able to shoot out energy shots. And, oh. you know, it seems it, it, it well, seems like they're trying to make people. an interesting part of the movie for me. <laughs> you're, you're not going to see it. Yeah. I'm not going to see it. But, it, you know, they're trying to play up. Yeah, there are a lot of laughs in there. There's a lot of action. This film they've been trying to make for quite a while, uh, even before they decided to switch and go with female actresses. They were trying to get together the original Ghostbusters. Apparently, there was a spec script that was written, and it was going to cost $150 million to film that movie where the Ghostbusters go to a hell version of New York City, yeah. and the studio turned them down. Instead, they've made this movie, which has a budget of $154 million. That movie, they called it, it was an alternate uh, reality, right? Yeah. Mel Hat, or wait a minute, Man Helton, <laughs> instead of Manhattan. There was another one where... Uh, uh, Bill Murray's ghost was going to be haunting the other Ghostbusters. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that would have been cool. Well, Dan Aykroyd, when he first wrote the Ghostbusters script, it was over a thousand pages long, and he had to work and you know part it down. Well, I also heard that most of the well. stuff that's in the movie is ad lit. No, I don't know about this movie. Most of the stuff that's in the, the original, original Ghostbusters is ad lit. I know Bill like Murray percent of the yeah. of the script or the actual. Yeah. language of the film um the character that plays the the ernie hudson plays the the guy that was added on to the original three that was actually originally written for eddie murphy who so that would have been a very different movie oh yeah uh did you hear eddie murphy's apparently going to star in ivan reitman the director of the of the first two ghostbusters new film that he's got in pre-production is it a comedy it's a comedy it's a sequel to an earlier Ivan Reitman film. The the Beverly Hills Cop? Nope. Starred Danny DeVito. Twins? Twins. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're making triplets. All right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I did hear about that. Uh, apparently, the, the Slimer ghost was envisioned with John Belushi in mind. I think John Belushi was going to be one of the original Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. He died before they got into that. Uh, you know, the girl who was in... Um, the 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 secretary or whatever in the movie mm-hmm. Annie Potts she was a sort of a character actor that's who I thought Imogene Poots was <laughs> the girl from it, Green Room yeah every time you mention Imogene Poots or anybody mentions Imogene Poots I think Annie Potts and that and she's a good thirty years older than Imogene Poots. And so. she's American and Imogene is uh, British. It doesn't matter. You, they come on. The guy that plays House, he can play American or British. It doesn't fair, matter where they come fair from. Fair enough. Fun, I can fun. name, like I said earlier, ten actresses that I would rather see in this movie. Did you Tina, write them down? Yeah, I wrote them down. All right, let's have them. I mean, Tina Fey and a- Amy Poehler, Sarah Silverman, Sandra Bullock, Marissa Tomei, Anna Ferris of House Bunny fame, mm-hmm. Rebel Wilson, Aisha Tyler, Wanda Sykes, Kat Dennings, 
Laura Lapkus, Jennifer Lawrence, and Natasha Legaro, to me, are all funnier than all of the women here. <laughs> the only one that you mentioned was Kristen Wiig. She's, she's not unfunny. I like Kristen Wiig. A lot of those names you uh, mentioned, they were somewhat attached to the film, or yeah. they were actively uh, sought for the film. I would have rather seen them. And they turned it down. Yeah, so. Anyway. Oh, well. So that's... Uh, that's, Those are the two movies. Uh, I think it's fair to say we're both saying go spend your money to see The Infiltrator this weekend. Yeah, I mean, as opposed to uh, this movie. I mean, I hear it's got 80% or 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. I read one review by The Hollywood Reporter that was really bad. But, I mean, that's one out of, you know, <laughs> every three or four. So, uh, was it Roy Parker Jr. or Ray Parker Jr.? Did the original song? They asked him to uh, to write another song for this movie, but Huey Lewis was busy. That was right. my joke. All right. Uh, do you have a streaming pick for us? I have a couple of streaming picks, actually. One of them is based on uh, the fact that I have finished Bloodline. And season two starred one of the characters in it was John Leguizamo, who's going to be in The Infiltrator. And he was probably the best part of the movie. He's taking over for or TV show. He's taking over for the character that they killed off at the end of season one. And he's sort of another sort of menacing, creepy kind of character. He's like hair is just long enough for him to be able to put it into a ponytail. (laughs) That kind of creepy guy. The reason that I'm suggesting that you go see this movie or this TV show is on Netflix is because I've actually finished it and it's a slog, but it is a perfect example of my theory that every conversation is a power struggle. And in this movie or in this TV show, every single conversation is some form of a power struggle that usually ends up in an argument. And by the end of the, I mean, you could watch the whole entire series. They begin having a simple semi pleasant conversation. And at the end of the scene, they're in an argument and eh, I don't know. It's about 10 hours long or 10 or 12 hours, depending on the episodes. I think there are 12 episodes this season. I think there were 10 last season. I'm not sure about that, but I know 12 hours is a lot of time to spend with a with a TV series like this, and I finally accomplished it. So I wanted to set it out there as a pretty decent television series if you're interested in my theory that every conversation is a power struggle. So Fair enough. Good pick. Bloodline. Like and Netflix. A- Netpick. Nice, nice. What about on Amazon? If you got good old Amazon Prime. All right, well, my Amazon Prime... Pick of the week is based on uh, this week's review of The Secret Life of Pets. I was looking up animal movies. This movie is actually it's a television series, two documentary series put out by the Smithsonian Channel, and it's about the uh, they they pose the question which animal is smarter, lions or hyenas, and then they set up a number of. Uh, puzzles and tasks to determine which of the two groups has a uh, higher IQ. The The name of the show, the name of the series is uh, Killer IQ, Lion versus Hyena. Sort of <laughs> tells the whole story. Uh, have you ever heard of this guy, the lion whisperer, animal behaviorist, Kevin Richardson? Nope. He's like a real life Tarzan. He grew up with uh, lions and he spends, he's like sleeps with the lions and he rubs heads with the lions and he, He's a little bit like Grizzly Man, except these lions are tame. They were born in captivity. Grizzly Man, I think, went out into the wild. Yeah. 
And that ended <laughs> in sort of a brutal fashion. This guy, he has a lot of respect for the animal, and he knows he doesn't, like, get near wild animals. He's near these animals that were sort of raised with So him. did Roy, of uh, Siegfried and Roy. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> he doesn't train them either. He's not trying to force them to do something that they don't want to do. So watching the interactions that this guy has with these animals is very different than seeing an animal trainer type or someone that, you know, is just sort of infiltrated into their little pride, I guess. But speaking of that, animals, lion, big cats, lions are the only uh, cat that is, by its nature, a uh, social animal. They are the only big cat of the, I think there are 28 major cats, leopard, cheetah, jaguar, Puma. bobcat, Puma, stuff like that. Cougar. Cheetah. Of them, the uh, lion is the only one that runs with a pride. Mm-hmm. So they have like these social constructions and social orders that help. They're examining how that pack mentality works and how it operates in terms of, uh, um, you know, comparing it to uh, hyenas. Hyenas another pack animal. This guy hangs out with hyenas too. He's a fascinating dude to look at. I mean, he's... Uh, to look at? Yeah. A little bit of a man crush there? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. And then that was called Killer IQ? Killer IQ, Lion vs. Hyena. And it's available on Amazon Prime. It's also on YouTube. <laughs> you can check it out on YouTube. Amazon Prime. It's on the Smithsonian Channel if you have that app. It's out there. It's on Hulu. I saw it all over the place. It's worth it because it's only... I mean, you fast forward through elements of it. And you can check out Kevin Richardson's YouTube channel. He's a fascinating guy, observing the different ways that lions and hyenas approach and solve problems, and then relying on communication and operating in their natural environment. Are there any uh, picks for the red box? Oh, yeah, on the red box. We're going in that direction. uh, There's a great film that's out this week available, uh, The Green Room, which we've previously reviewed on the show. I don't have the episode number here in front of me, but this is the third film by director Jeremy Solnier. Uh, We previously raved about his film blue ruin uh this one stars anton yelkin the young actor who recently passed away unfortunately uh from his jeep running him over also mogan poots who we were talking about earlier today uh patrick stewart and then macon blair who's one of our favorite actors he was the star of blue ruin (laughs) he has a a smaller part in this film but very critical and we really enjoyed it Uh, i gave him a shot shout out after we had done our review and uh he uh uh, messaged me back on Twitter. We had a little conversation. So unfortunately, he doesn't have any other major roles in anything coming out here soon. But as soon as he does, we'll make sure to tweet about it. Uh, Green Room is about a punk band who plays at like a neo-Nazi club, and they accidentally witness a murder, and they're not allowed to leave. In fact, they're about to be murdered unless they can fight their way out. So it's it's a nice one-setting story. Lots of great tension, uh, really good action. We were both really pleased with the film. Yeah, I, I think I, it's in my top. It's, it's going to be in my top ten at the end of the year. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be in the top five or not. Yeah, I, I, I think this has got a good chance of being in my top ten. If it's not, it's at least an honorable mention. It, it's a really good film. I do think the director Jeremy Saulnier is going to be a name people are going to find out about over the next five years. He's trying to become a studio director and do some big budget films. And I think he's going to explode when, you know, he finally has, you know, the budget and 
a really great cast. Not that the cast in this movie is not great. They are talented actors, but you can really see what he's able to do. So uh, that's my pick, Green Room. So um, that's the show. Uh, Ghostbusters, we're taking a pass on. We're both going to go see The Infiltrator and review that for next week's show. On the streaming options, you got Bloodline Season 2 available on Netflix. If you've got Amazon Prime or if you've got YouTube, you can go watch Killer IQ. And I'm saying swing by the old Redbots to pick up a copy of Green Room. Watch that. So that's our show. Um, thanks for joining me, L-Train. Thank you. Therapy Dragons. Pox at Bonham, everybody. Thank you.